Are you ready to dive deep into meaningful discussions, explore personal stories, and gain practical insights that can transform your approach to mental fitness? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Real Talk Mental Fitness Podcast, where open conversation and authentic connections come together to empower your mental well-being. I'm your host, Chinazom, and I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Definitely want to just jump into you know, real talk, what we're here to talk about mental fitness and real talk, especially when it comes to men. And I definitely want to start with being how grateful I am you guys took the time out to come and talk about this. And the first thing I wanted to start off is the definition of what it means to be a man uh, and how how that thing that society puts on us has impacted your well-being. And I'll also ask from a lens of, you know, where you grew up, your race, that extra additional pressure if there was that additional pressure how what's that placed on you and uh who wants to any anyone who wants to go first i'm not going to pick on anyone i would love to follow doc dr t to be honest with you man so you know uh, please take it away sir <laughs> throw the ball man under the bus uh you know i've been thinking about this question for a couple of days now um and uh my answer is i don't know you know, like it, it means everything and nothing at the same time. So uh, first, I, I think it's very important that as we talk about this issue, um, my definition is grounded in my own positionality, right? Meaning that I can't define what being a man means to other men. So I can simply talk about myself and mm-hmm. what it means to me and how I came to have the understanding that I have. Uh, and then on top of that, I, I think it's very under, it, it's very important to 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 note that like like all social identities it is it's not static, it's dynamic, meaning it has changed over time. And so the way that I understand manhood today is not the way that I've understood manhood historically, right? It's changed significantly. And interestingly enough, one of the most pivotal moments in my own masculinity, came as a result of uh, a friend of mine who was lesbian. And so um, I'll, I'll tell you that story briefly. Uh, I, so I'm from Chicago, Black working class, right? And th- so those three identities sort of come together to create a particular kind of masculinity. And mm-hmm. in, in the way that I was socialized, I, I, I would argue at the time, which is like 97, right? I'm 20, I don't know, 22, 23. I would argue that I was fairly homophobic, right? So uh, I'm at Gonzaga University. I'm doing this training of trainers around social justice. I met this woman, Dr. Cindy Gallagher. She was like six feet tall, bright red hair, super pale, like, and, and w- which was funny enough to be, but she also knew more about racism than almost anybody I'd ever met in my life. And she was lesbian, right? So I did this training with her and we're in the training and uh, there's a lot of white people there. She's kicking white people's asses. I'm like, yeah, get them. But then she started also getting on men and, and people who are heterosexual. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't feel so good. But, you know, I, in that process, I came to respect her a great deal, right? And we became friends. So <clears throat> what I experienced in my friendship with her was a lot of cognitive dissonance. And that dissonance was, here are the things that I was taught about people who are gay. And this is my this is my lived experience, what I know to be true. And those things 
are bumping up against each other. So I asked her to, after trying to work it out and, and not being able to, I asked her to have a conversation with me and she agreed. And that conversation happened decades ago at this point, but the one part that, I, that has stuck with me is that she said that if your expectation of me as someone who is white is that I fight against your oppression, my expectation of you as someone who's heterosexual is that you will fight against mine. And what she was talking about is the most basic manifestation of allyship, meaning I show up for you as you show up for me, like we show up in community. What struck me about that is what I, what I realized is that what I was given was not what I believed, mm. right? And I realized that I was taught those things. I was given those things. I didn't choose them for myself. And mm. when I began to think deeply about what I believed, right? What I knew to be true. What I realized is that what I, what I was taught was no longer serving me that I didn't make that choice. The hmm. choice that I made is that homophobia makes no sense to me. It's not, it doesn't align with my core values. And it was at that point where I began to deeply examine the things that I believed truly versus the things that I was taught. And hmm. as a young man, you know, that that exercise of, of metacognition, of thinking about my thinking, really shaped everything I did and encountered from that point forward. So for me, a very important part of my own masculinity is, is being in integrity, being in alignment with my values, making sure that the decisions that I make daily and the actions that I take are based in what I truly believe and, and the person that I aspire to be rather than being sh uh, shaped and guided by the context that I'm in. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about that is that <clears throat> that's not always a comfortable process, <laughs> right? Because, you know, when I began to to learn about the places where I sort of had power and privilege, right? It, it was deeply disturbing. And this is the part that, that a lot of people sort of miss around DEI work or like any sort of trans, transformational work. It challenges your worldview. And the thing about human beings is that we don't like our worldviews being challenged. Because it's like if you're a goldfish in a bowl, and it's like somebody knocking on the bowl, your whole world starts shaking, right? So for me, uh, when I began to deeply understand that everything wasn't about race and that race was more expansive than I understood it, right? That if I'm Black and I'm, I'm talking to Black women, we don't both just have a Black experience. We have a gendered Black experience, and that makes a difference. That it, it, it did some things to my brain, man, because what I understood from that is that the world isn't exactly the way I thought it it was. And what, what I took from that is if the world isn't as I thought it was, it means that I am not who I thought I was in the world. Hmm. That is more complicated than that, right? Uh, so when, when you ask the question, what does it mean to be a man? For me, that's a difficult question. Um, and it's a question that I don't know that there's a finite answer to, because for me, it's continuing to, to unfold, right? So one of the other areas of my own masculinity is reclaiming the full breadth and depth 
of human, human emotion. That being a critical and core part of what it means to be a human in the world. And that being something that gets taken from us as young boys, right? So if you fall and hurt yourself, don't cry, tough it out, like all the sorts of things that we're taught that has the effect of sort of truncating our emotional depth, our emotional awareness, our ability to actually speak to how we feel. Man, I remember once I had to take this class called, uh, after this, I'm gonna be quiet because I, I wanna make sure I'm not monopolizing all the time here. But uh, I took this class called self-awareness, right? And the entire point was like, you have to, you have to do your own work in order to help other people do their work. And um, my, my instructor, Dr. Barbara Love, asked me how I felt about something. And I said, well, I think blah, 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 blah. She said, thank you for telling me what you think. Now tell me how you feel. And so I thought, I sat down, I thought about it for a second. <clears throat> and then I said, hmm, well, I think blah, blah, blah. And she said, don't tell me what you think. Tell me what you feel. And I said, I'm trying. And I got really pissed off. And part of the reason I got pissed off is because I could not tell her what I was feeling. And I felt the pressure of those emotions. I knew they were there. Uh, I knew they were hot, but I could, I didn't have the words to express them and I couldn't fully access it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, and then I realized, so I realized that was happening and that made me angry. And then I realized I was angry which is one of the few acceptable emotions men are allowed to feel. And that made me even more angry. And so now I was just sitting there pissed off, but not having the words to fully articulate it. And so that was another one of these pivotal points where I realized that, you know, I, I, I'm where I am as a man doesn't align with who I want to be and the things that I most truly believe. So one of my core values as a man is the continuous unfolding of my own masculinity and allowing that process to be what it is, whatever it is. So, you know, to say all that, I say all of that to say, you know, when you ask me, what does it mean to be a man? Uh, my, my broader answer is I'm still figuring that out. And I'm all right with that because I've found more joy in, in the process of figuring that out and thinking about it and dialoguing with other men than I ever found in having all of the answers. You, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. Your answer is just, just so amazing. And the first thing that I wanted to touch on about, you know, we didn't actually, we don't actually know what it is to be a man. We normally, it's what we've been told and how we're supposed to show up. Yeah. And then, we go through life thinking that we know what it means and it, it does, it just keeps changing because you meet, you meet another person. So if you met that the doctor who was a lesbian and you go brought up to believe, Oh, that person's a bad person. But then when you meet them, you're like, no, this, this person's good. So then now your worldview is completely being rocked. And then you have to keep constantly changing that worldview. And I love what you just said in that. I feel this was the thing, like all these emotions got taken away from us when we're younger. Cause I look at it now where when I got married to my wife, I had to ask myself the question, why can't I cry? Because my wife can cry at anything. And I'm like, why can't I cry? Like, am I not yeah. something dead inside of me? And, and then I realized that from a boy, you just, I don't know, I can't even remember when it happened, but you just stop that bit is not even open to you. Uh -huh. And the last thing you just said is which it is a continual journey because even with my son, 
I find that now when he's crying, I, I like him to express his emotions, but sometimes he cries too much. And then for me, I can't show up in the right way to just understand what, what's this new emotion that he's showing. Um, what do you mean when you say he cries too much? So sometimes, like, he, at the moment, I'm giving an example, he'll cry about if he doesn't get a cookie or if he doesn't get this, he'll just cry. And then it's not that there's anything wrong. He just keeps crying. And at one point, you, as a parent, I'm talking about myself, I lose I lose patience. And then I'm like, he's not he's not hurt, so I don't know why he's crying. But I, I, don't, I don't want him to stop ever crying, like, you being able to cry, because that's one thing that I learned that happened to me. But then I need to actually, as you said, this unfolding where some days I'll do good. And say, for instance, yesterday, I didn't do so good where my patience wasn't there. And I think I need to not even when I think he shouldn't be crying or he's crying too much, I need to find a way of keep understanding. So there's an emotion that he's trying to express and I don't understand what that emotion is. So I need to find a better way of connecting to that. I have some thoughts about that, uh, and I don't know if they're appropriate for this forum or not. But if you ever want to have another conversation about that, I'm I'm happy to. Because, okay. You know, uh, young people are brilliant, and some of my best teachers have been children, because uh, they're a lot closer to their inherent human goodness than the rest of us are, uh, and they haven't yet been subjected to the the forces that that push us and pull us to, to shape us in a particular way. Uh, but one of the things that I do appreciate about what you just said is that you're allowing, you're, you're trying to create space for your son to cry. And you're also recognizing your own limitations around when you're, when you think you do well, when you don't do so well, those are, both of those are very important. Mm. Yeah. And I said that when you just said that it's an unfolding process and it, that hit home for me where I still don't know the depths of my own emotions because I'm now having to relearn. So I think I have to like give myself room for that as well. Mm -hmm. But Laurent, I know we definitely, I'd love to hear your, your take as well on the definition of what it means to be a man. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, first off, Dr. T, uh, thank you for, thank you very much for your answer. It was very, uh, it's very layered and it really made me think about um, a lot about manhood, what it is to be a man as well as, as well as masculinity. Um, I, I, lo I loved how you said uh, it's a it's it's a continuous journey. You know, when when you said that, uh, the the first person that popped in my head was was Malcolm X. You know, he's he's my he's he's my hero. He's a he's my all time person. And the greatest thing about Malcolm X is that he was constantly evolving, and and, and you know he you know he constantly uh, strived to uh, to find the right answers. You know. Um, Dr. Bill Nye, the science guy, said something that I, that just totally changed my life. He said, "I'm always looking for my theories to be disproven." So I I think that that's one of the one of the facets of being of, of being a man, realizing, okay, this information that was given to me at 20 uh, is not applicable at 30 or at 40, and so you know we have to discard it. And being okay with 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 stepping back and 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 saying, all right. We're in a different landscape. It's time to act a, a different way. For me, being a man, it's okay. So being a man in the fifties, being a man in the seventies, and being being a man in the nineties, and being a man in today's time are totally different. You know, mind 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 states, right? It's 
what what I'm what I'm really happy about is that as is that as the time, you know, as the sands of sands of time go, masculinity and, and being a man, it's more flexible, it's more malleable. So it's allowing, you know, men to show emotion, men to, you know, get away from the giant Henryism and you know, because and and also being a black man, masculinity is something that is we often sort of grab grab to right because you know we were you know for you know those of us who uh who are ados or or american descendants of slavery our masculinity was stripped from us so you know we were you know we were beaten we were subjugated we were even even raped and so you know for us to quote unquote reclaim our, our masculinity is, is sometimes very misdirected you know gro- growing up um i saw like my like my grandfather's the greatest man man that I've ever known. And you know, he was a what he was what we call a man's man. You know, he you know, he you know, he showed, you know, very little emotion other other than excitement or anger or frustration. I mean, you know, he was a big he was a big smile and he had the most beautiful smile I I've ever seen in my life. But those but his emotions were limited to that. And every once in a while he he would cry. For me I'm a crier and, you know, I'm, I make no excuses for that. You know, yesterday I was on my way to, to the airport and, you know, actually you know, I'm, I may tear up from saying this now, but like, I thought I heard Miles, da- Miles Davis is kind of blue and green and, you know, blue and green is a song that I play when I, when I, when I mourn someone's death. And so I'm in the car and, you know, I hear this song and, I, and I'm like, wow, is, is that blue and green? And it wasn't, but it almost made me cry because I play that whenever someone dies. So it's just when I want to have just this super ugly, just cathartic cry, I'll, I'll play this. So like even now thinking of that song, because it's the most beautiful composition I've ever heard in my life. It just takes me somewhere. But I like how the youth, they are redefined. I shouldn't say redefine mas- masculinity. They're sort of stretching it, right? I mean, you know, I I think that being a man essentially is, is you know, as Dr. T said, is, uh, you know, standing up for what you believe in and being grounded in your in your beliefs and, you know, being un- being unwavering about your core beliefs, but at the same time realizing that, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you could be wrong and more and more likely you, uh, you, you are wrong. You know, a friend, friend of mine, uh, David Chastain once told me, he said, Laurent, life is all about being, being wrong. And so I'm wrong all the time, every day, you know, eight, you know, eight days a week. <laughs> and, but I have no problem admitting, admitting that. And, you know, like Malcolm X, I remain flexible. And so we have to, you know, manhood is 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 about rejecting uh you know information that is that is not useful you know being a man is realizing that women may be different but they are are they are our equals and manhood is is about not fitting into some mold of like you know you don't have to be this person like the rock or Denzel Washington you you can be an effeminate man, sort of like the the late uh, Basquiat. You know, you can be 
Lil Nas X. You know, it's like manhood is so many different things, you know. So being a man has so many different ways of ways of looking at it. Uh, it's so many different uh, sexual orientations. And it's just about someone who keeps their, who keeps their word and who is unashamed of, of living the life that they, that they want to live. And I'm working on that. I, I can tell you, you all on this podcast, I am getting there. I am not quite there yet, but I just, I just look to all the great men that have came before me who were, who were unafraid to show emotion, who were unafraid to say that they're sorry. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's a, uh, that's man, that's manhood for me. And that brings us to the end of another insightful episode of Real Talk. We hope you've enjoyed today's discussion and have gained valuable insights into enhancing your mental well-being and productivity. Now, before we wrap things up, we have an exciting opportunity for you. Are you curious about your mental fitness score? Want to know how you can improve your overall well-being and boost your productivity? Well, we have just a thing for you. Head over to our show notes, where you will find a link to our exclusive mental fitness quiz. It's a quick and easy assessment that will provide you with a personalized score and actionable steps to enhance your general well-being and productivity. It's like having a personal coach in your pocket. And don't forget to subscribe to Real Talk on your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know when we release new episodes filled with valuable discussions, expert interviews, and practical tips for leading a fulfilling life. You can also connect with me, Chinazom, on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for daily inspirations, updates on upcoming episodes, and behind-the-scenes peeks into the Real Talk community. Remember... Your mental well-being matters and taking small steps towards improvement can make a significant difference in your life. We're here to support you on your journey. Thank you for tuning in today and a special thank you to all our listeners who have joined us on this incredible podcasting adventure. Your support means the world to us. Until next time, keep striving for a better version of yourself. Take care and stay mentally fit.